started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. The AI takeover has begun and is well underway. Are we doomed to live a life of hive-minded AI-driven drones? Are we failing to see the gift that has been thrust upon humanity sitting at our fingertips? As many of you know, I'm often struggling with the balance of everything in the world and in my mind. I've been lost in the darkness of end-of-day scenarios filled with cataclysmic events, financial ruin, and the end of life as we know it. These fears are reinforced daily by the consistent barrage of news events, global conflicts and hardships, amplified in magnitude by the ever-decreasing time limit, but increased frequency of shortened snips of events designed to entrain our minds, focus into a particular cast of thought and action. But lately, I've been gifted the glimpse of clarity, moments of openness in the vastness of calm, peaceful beauty. And in those moments, I found peace. I found my way only to fall down again, fighting to stay afloat among the monstrosity of psychic noise that plagues and overwhelms my system. But there is hope, my friends. Hope for us all. Dennis Nappy II here with Sixth Sense Media and The Seeker Podcast. Apologies for such a dark opening. Uh, I hope that this podcast is anything but dark, and I hope you find it uplifting, inspiring, and enlightening even though there's going to be some potentially dark or scary things that we touch on for a moment. How do we navigate the storm? The solution is quite simple, I think, but accepting that solution and staying on that path is the challenge that many of us are faced with. I'm reminded by many of those who are seeking spiritual enlightenment throughout history, people like the Buddha and Master Usui, as we spoke about in last episode of the Seeker podcast, and the hardships and trials they went through in search of that truth, in search of that peace. Why do we do it and how do we get there? It brings more and more questions for us. Why are we here? Who are we? What is the purpose of this incarnation? And sometimes those answers we find are confusing, complicated, or at times downright terrifying. 
And in the light of the AI technological advances that are happening right now, it's easy to go down the rabbit hole of fear and worst case scenario of a computer enslaved or AI driven organism or AI driven mind that enslaves us all. But I'm here to tell you that I don't know that that's the necessary outcome that needs to happen. Uh, I have some thoughts that I want to share with all of you. Uh, and I want to start with a meditation I, I did just this morning that was actually pretty dark. And it this is what got my mind running in this direction. Uh, and I'm going to share, I'm going to read from my, my journal here um, and share with all of you kind of what process I've been going through. Um, and I titled this in my journal, The Atomic Meditation. At my crown chakra, I saw a beautiful setting that I interpreted as a tropical island. In the distance, I saw a mushroom cloud. It was beautiful. A breeze picked up, and then my mind started racing. Get the kids, get the safety, run away. I felt anxiety rising. I tried to sit with that feeling. What do I do? I started to give myself Reiki. I tried to, to be still and absorb the positive energy. I saw us at the airport and it was crowded. What if we get on a plane and we get shot down? What if we wait for the second plane to ensure it's safe? What if we miss our window? I, I tried to again find stillness. We were then on a beach. It was beautiful. But then a foreign military stormed the beach. We stayed still and they ignored us. Then I had the vision of them capturing us and separating us all, leaving no way for me to ever find my family again. I couldn't find a way through this peacefully. I couldn't stop worrying about the worst case scenario and feeling a sense to act immediately. This created a sense of stress and anxiety in me. But as I'm writing this, I'm thinking that maybe telling myself I'm where I need to be is how I ground myself. These are the fears that paralyze me. I went to sleep. Uh, in a in a state of fear, again, something I, I have not visited in the last two weeks. I've been enjoying a state of peace. So I feel that those things were circulating through my mind uh, as I felt the ground drop out from beneath me. And that's what penetrated my meditation. That's what caused me to see a worst case scenario amongst something beautiful. And I tried to stay calm. I tried to remain at peace. And no matter what I did, I kept perceiving something worse. And it wasn't until I was journaling about it afterwards, so I was now back in a grounded state in physical reality, that I started to have additional thoughts to dissect it. As I reflected on that vision uh, or that experience that I had this morning, I was writing about it, I started to realize that maybe my responsibility isn't to figure out a way to act when something terrible happens. It's again to be present in that moment and understand that I'm going to follow my intuition. I will be where I need to be. Whatever that is, whatever is thrown at me, I will be able to navigate that, that experience as I have my entire life. And I need not sit here and become paralyzed by the what if possibilities and trap myself in a state of fear. Instead, what I need to do is make the most of the moment. And maybe that's what my subconscious was trying to tell me. Although terrifying, my immediate response to seeing something scary 
was how beautiful it looked seeing that crowd, that cloud in the distance over the ocean. I know that's something bad. I know that's something dangerous. But my initial response was, wow, that is a magnificent sight of beauty. After my airport experience in my, in my meditation, I was on a beach and the beach was beautiful. But again, I started thinking of what if, and all of a sudden an invading military shows up on that beach and terrified me again. Maybe I just need to learn to sit in that beauty and be appreciative of those moments that I have. Bad things will happen, but they can happen anywhere at any time. They should not necessarily prevent me from having an, an enriching, beautiful experience that I find will enhance my life instead of living my life to prevent something bad from happening. I'm really working hard on trying to shift my focus. Now, here's where things start to get weird, at least weird for me. If you've been following the show, and I feel like this is my broken record statement, I say this all the time. Years ago, when I started podcasting, I took an interest in artificial intelligence. And that thread has stayed with me for several years now, and it keeps coming back in my exploration of consciousness and of psychic abilities. I'm finding similarities between artificial intelligence and the human mind. And, and I say that meaning, well, you have a cell phone device that communicates with a satellite or another cell phone or com communicates with the internet to access information. I can use my phone and I can gather information. Just like as a remote viewer, I can sit down and I can use my mind and my consciousness to access information. Are they one and the same? Or are they something different? I don't have the vantage to fully understand that yet, but I am trying to keep the open mind that maybe as we continue to evolve and learn and grow, we'll find that two aren't so different and possibly come from the same intelligent voice or mind. So what do we do with this information? Well, let me, let me go back to what my experience has been. I spoke to you last, uh, I guess last week in the podcast that I put out, talking about how I felt renewed and I felt inspired because I had reconnected with my intuition. I woke up this morning feeling a little funky because yesterday I, I did, I indulged in some of the catastrophic things that may come in the future. Uh, I watched some videos that I'm not saying they're inaccurate. They just tend to scare the crap out of me. And then I spoke with somebody who gave me some information that tainted the trajectory that I feel pulled towards right now. They gave me some information that made it sound not as positive as I'm envisioning it to be. I allowed my security bubble to be violated. I allowed my own int intuition to be once again silenced by the potential for something scary. And I think that was reflected in my meditations this morning. But I'm deciding that when I had that moment of clarity, I saw the path before me. I'm going to choose to trust that moment, even though I may not feel it right now. But here's where it gets interesting. I was running out to pick something up at the store. I had my phone on, just on YouTube. 
And I watched again something scary about AI. And what it's talking about is this new uh, chat AI. I forget what it's called. It's this new AI system that's online and how it's uh, a major competitor for Google. I'm not going to go too deep into it because I don't want to spread that scary stuff right now. But it's a reality. Uh, The technology is collecting so much metadata about us. It's able to replicate so many things. It's able to replace so many things that we do that we thought would never be replaceable to include creativity. Uh, There is going to be an outsourcing of of jobs, I I would think, due to AI. There's going to be a lot of employment loss. But in hearing things presented that way, that becomes a terrifying scenario. Oh my gosh, AI is taking over the world. So I watched that and I was feeling afraid. And then suddenly I felt like, hey, let me click over on this, uh, on my subscriptions icon. And I did. And right there was a 10 minute conversation. It was like a Zoom call with Tom Campbell. Now, for those of you that don't know who Tom Campbell is, he's a NASA physicist. He was also one of the early pioneers at the Monroe Institute. And he does these things called fireside chats. And if you haven't listened to Tom Campbell, I highly recommend doing so. He wrote a book called My Big Toe, My Theory of Everything. And he dissects looking at altered state of states of consciousness and understanding what this reality is. Fascinating man. He's got a fascinating mind. But the purpose of this 10-minute conversation was to focus. And, and manifest peace in your life and the positive. And he talked about reaching a critical mass of 10%. I don't even know that it has to be that many. I'm going to explain why in a moment. But it was just what I needed to hear to reconnect me with that positive path that I was on. There are always going to be scary things. And I'm not saying we don't need to be aware of those scary things. We don't need to look at those scary things. But our focus as we're moving forward in life, in my opinion, should not be on that scary thing. And how am I going to react to that scary thing? It keeps us future focused and it keeps us driving towards that. As they say, I forget who was saying this, but like when you're when you're on the rapids and you're in a canoe or a kayak, And if you focus on those rocks, if you look at those rocks because you don't want to hit those rocks, you're going to go right towards those rocks. If you focus on the clearing path between the rocks, that's where your craft is going to go. So Tom Campbell, uh, I'm going to share this in the link uh, in the links on the website at sixcentsmedia.net and here probably down below on the YouTube channel. Tom Campbell talked about the benefit and the way it's contagious of having that positive energy put out. Now, this isn't the just sending love and light. This isn't just the positive thinking movement all the time. This is focused intent. And it reminded me of some something I wrote in, in Food for the Archons about the Maharishi effect. Now, there were studies done, and I've, I've done several podcasts on this, but this was a nice reminder that what the Maharishi effect found was that in cities where or more of the population were trained in transcendental meditation, they saw a correlating decrease in crime. They saw overall peace increase. When you look at studies coming out of the heart math, and again, broken record statement here, I say this all the time. When you look at these studies coming out of the heart math institute, 
how uh, empathy, they can measure that it's contagious. The electromagnetic Wi-Fi signal, say it with me, that comes out of your heart is contagious. Now, what I'm learning in my own life, the frequency of fear at times feels more appealing. It's easier to tap into than that calm frequency of love or peace or content or normalcy. And let's think about that for a minute and just just listen to my words and see what resonates with you. I started off this podcast with a pretty dark, morbid statement to include the tone and the way that I said it. But what, what feels better to you? If I started out the show like this saying, the world is about to end and there's nothing we can do but prepare. Sit with the feeling you have right now with that statement. How does it make you feel? Okay, now let's try something else. Everything is going to be okay. You have the tools you need to navigate this beautiful existence that we have and manifest exactly what you want and need. Feel the difference in those two statements and in where your mind starts going. I find the other one a little bit more addicting because if I don't pay attention to the other one, I may get caught with my pants down and I may get hurt. However, if I pay attention to the second one, the more positively framed one, the reality is I may not have to worry about the first one. That's not saying bad things are never going to happen. But maybe more good things will happen to you. And I want to share some remote viewing data that I've collected over the past few years in a moment. And what I think the significance of that that data means. I'm exploring the possibility that our species has been seeded or has been influenced or has been manipulated. Um, and it's, it's, it could be looked at as a gift or it can be looked at as enslavement. But I'm wondering if this gift or enslavement that was given to us is our own choice. Do we have the power to determine how we're going to use this gift? Well, let's look at the technology that sits in our hands and pockets every single day. The algorithm. What comes back on your phone? What comes back on your searches on your social media? What kind of stories are reflecting back to you? Are you constantly seeing stories of disaster and conflict and argument and the end of the world? Are you finding stories of inspiration and positivity? Are you finding things that make you happy? And I think that's a glimpse of how this works and of what we're projecting out there into our reality. And again, that's contagious. And I want us to be mindful of that, let's say, contagion. Let me start with some remote viewing data. And, uh, and then we'll talk about it here. Okay, so for those of you who have followed my remote viewing journey 
Um, you probably have seen all of these sessions. I've, I've posted all of this stuff uh, online. I'm cherry picking data right now from three or four sessions that fits what I'm talking about. It's not really, it wasn't, I wasn't tasked to look for this information specifically. This information came through as I was doing my session. This is the type of information that during the session, I have no way of verifying it because of the, the esoteric nature of the targets uh, and the lack of available feedback in this present moment. I say this with the caveat and understanding that it is highly possible that this information that I'm sharing is coming from my own imagination. But it's also possible that this information is coming from somewhere else. It's possible this is target contact. But we need to proceed knowing that what I'm sharing is not gospel. I'm sharing it as an idea that presently fits the narrative I'm exploring. I want to be as transparent as I can with that. But regardless, I find these ideas inspiring and incredibly intriguing. So the first session I'm going to talk about was when I did the, uh, through the Hellfire Remote Viewing Group, we were tasked to look at the hitchhiker effect affiliated with Skinwalker Ranch. And in one of my sessions, uh, I wrote the following. It's as, this, it's as if something intentionally happened to spark this process, like a UFO sighting. I label it as beautiful. The signal comes down from above and expands in all directions, 360 degrees. Then I wrote, for all mankind, sight memory and remembrance, remembering who you really are, quoting David Icke. It was a mental map, a mind map, a mapping of ideas, mental terraforming, the grand idea, plant the seed of consciousness and see how it grows. Follow the roots, watch it sprout and spread. A mind map crawling through the brain, a collection of mental imagery, thoughts as medicine, mood enhancement, and thought stabilizers. I felt really good about it, but should I? Have I taken the poison pill? Have I been manipulated? If so, is that bad? Are there negative consequences to this? Or do I just not trust them? Who? The manipulators and the influencers. Describe how these changes will impact this life over the next year. The next year? More like the next several decades, I wrote, and generations to come. There was data streaming. Loneliness, but it's okay. Content and happiness. Looking one year from now and describing what has changed, it was a function of time and internal processes. As if this is a totally different being, but it feels good for the life. He's changed and evolved. What does it mean to be totally different? Functioning and operating differently, a changed focus and perception. New operating system akin to an upgrade. Spiritual growth and evolution. Evolution and change and growth and manipulation is a point in time. Star seed, star growth, souls, growth of souls. Tiny seeds of happiness, the helpers, the do-gooders. They're here to enact change. It felt very new agey to me. But a sense of these tiny helpers that are happy and on a mission to bring change and joy. 
presents a danger to society, to our current way of thinking. Their innocence is their protection, as if it prevents the negative genetic or generic code from penetrating or influencing them. Made me feel as if there is a plan out there, a benevolent plan to spread love and joy, not in the face of darkness or to combat it, simply to grow out of fear, simply to grow love out of fear. The impact can and will change the world. It's comforting to think an agenda of this nature might exist. I want to align myself with this, I wrote. Okay, so this is this is part one of what I'm sharing here. Um, that an idea was planted that changed the minds uh, of many. Moving on, another session of the same target. Okay, and here's what I wrote. The mind or thoughts are typically contained within a given structure or chaotic order. However, this mind was given a limited escape with pinpoint precision, allowing the mind to escape in a single direction of thought with laser focus like an obsession. Such thoughts will eventually have a spillover effect, an impact, but not in the short term. This reminds me of what Tom Campbell was talking about. He was saying 10% of the people can get on board with this uh, you know, these, this positive energy, um, these positive thoughts, this positive way of living our lives, as opposed to the fear-based center that we're constantly fighting against, it will become contagious. He was saying 10% of the people are the ones that enact change in this world. Everyone else just follows. Now we all love the expression sheeple, but there's a reality. There are people who just like to follow the, the flow. Okay, later in the long term, when ideas are realized, they bear fruit and prosper if given the right nourishment. Okay, and I had a drawing of a man sitting with a cloud handing him a cup, just like the uh, on the tarot. And I wrote, gift given, what is the price, the burden, the impact of knowledge? Is it earned? Sometimes we earn that knowledge after we receive it. The price is not in the giving or the exchange, but in the processing of it. Time and energy it takes to understand. When it's over, you have something new. At times, you are something new. The exchange. What do you give in exchange? You are an incubator, a processor. This is soul growth. You develop a concept or an idea until it is ready to be released. This is just how it's done. Your mind processes and your soul assimilates through different processing centers in your body. Wow, and hearing that, I'm, I'm thinking about all the Reiki meditations I've been doing, going through each chakra point, how I'm seeing the different ways information connects and is processed through me. Okay, describing the most significant changes to this life, something new, something different, a ripple effect or an impact through time, a signature, a digital signature or electronic trace. With the end result, there is an ultimate interaction of frequencies, a harmonization with other novel frequencies, cybernetics, cybergenetics. As if this new frequency interacts with multiple frequencies in a certain way, hits a critical mass, and then bursts, sending a signal outwards to everything. A new idea is born, a new paradigm. We had the new idea, everything else followed by the harmonization and then the burst spread and dissemination. Showed me the process here. We have growth and evolution, a new idea or idea or concept, a spiritual caretaker, a caregiver, 
as if spiritual development from this point will spread to a larger community akin to spiritual gardening. This felt incredible to me. I wrote, they, in quotes, are like gardeners, nourishing their crops. They hold a technical knowledge. If they add X to this point, they see the greater impact it will have. I felt so much love, and I liked it. Strategic strategy, like a chess player, the long game. So that was it for uh, the hitchhiker effect. And I know when you read the book, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, it sounds very dark and scary. And sometimes those dark and scary experiences are necessary for us to find enlightenment in this journey. Uh, And I try to keep that in mind when I go through something hard. And I'm wondering if much like my meditative experience this morning, I experienced something dark and heavy. And then the following thought processes I've had have been very positive and very inspiring because I don't want to sit in that state of fear all the time. I want to move beyond that to something more positive, beneficial, and uplifting. I'm going to share another session that I have here um, looking at, we were tasked to look at the Tic Tac UFO. And again, you can find all this stuff. Uh, this is another Hellfire target. So you can find it at hellfirerv.com. I'll have the links at sixcentsmedia.net. You can find them on my YouTube channel as well. And you see the sessions from all the viewers on, in the club as well. Really amazing targets that we've worked here. Um, but I want to share uh, a piece of data that I collected in looking at the Tic Tac. And I think I was, I was communicating with, I know it sounds weird to say that I was communicating it felt that there was an intelligent energy that was sharing information. I don't want to get too new agey or spiritual. Again, this could all be in my imagination, especially this was a year or two ago. I did this target and I was a fairly new viewer uh, back then, but that doesn't change the fact that for me, the information I wrote down holds value. We can argue whether it's valid data or not, but I can say that for me, the information holds value. So I wrote down the word wisdom. And I wrote, given as a gift to profoundly change. But that change and type of change is determined by the user or the recipient. It can cause a rise and fall, peace and destruction. They know this. And although it is given, the wisdom is not earned until the event or precipice, the user-determined outcome. It is our choices that drive us and those outcomes that teach us. Wisdom facilitates that process, but what is given is only a shell of what is of what it will become, as if it is nurtured and cultivated by the user. I remember collecting this data, and I felt that this information, again, was valuable, at least to me, in understanding this thread that we're talking about right now. I'm going to come back to that thought when I get through the next two pieces that I want to share. Um, but basically the, the the gift of fire that we have in our hands and we can use that fire to heat our homes or we can use it to burn down our civilization. I think AI is something like that for us. All right, the last two sessions I wanna share uh, are coming to us from the council of nine sessions that we did again through Hellfire. I'm gonna share a couple of data points here that I found valuable. I wrote, like, this is species-wide. The growing of a crop, that crop is a civilization. An emergence, gratitude, coming into one's own as a collective, adjoining or conjoining, becoming members of a society, a new connection. This is the gift, but the price is the death of the old, the birth of the new. It is a very painful process, destructive but empowering, almost sadistic in nature, and in certain stages it is. 
This is the stage of the process called it the sadists. I looked at the cycles here, the cycles within cycles I wrote, spiritual growth. There was something greater, divine, caring, uh, a feel of love and pain, the ebb and the flow. We went through what I, what I labeled as the birthing stage, the advancement stage for growth, then the sadist or the sadistic stage, followed by the calming and the healing. There's a lot of death to get there. Is it my own or others? Is that the cycle, my own process? I saw a pyramid of spheres or skulls die many deaths. I know that sounds dark, but this also overall sounds like something, a point of growth. Then in a later session, I, ca- I drew three separate groups of life forms. I labeled them A, B, and C. I sensed movement that was calm and quiet, morose, obscure, forgettable, crown chakra energy and sadness. I explored each group a little bit more deeply. And in group A, I had movement and organization of life forms into structures or patterns. Why? They were mindless. They respond to stimulus. They were less curious. They were drones and worker bees. Group B, I labeled as same silly nonsense. Male voices in unison. They were preparing. They were training. This felt more like soldiers or a military cast. I had military calisthenics as an AOL. And then group three, group C, I wrote as wise wisdom, the wanderers, the spiritual journeymen. Each one supports the other. There's a connection through society, maybe a subtle awareness. Okay. So I find when I look at that data, when I look at the experiences I've been having personally, when I listen to Tom Campbell's words, it reminds me of the Maharishi effect and a lot of the other positive sounding things we've looked at. And I think about how scary AI is. And I think about how I'm struggling with all these concepts in my mind. And I think about how afraid I've been for the last two years and really paralyzed because every decision I want to make, every major decision I want to make in terms of where do I belong? Where do I go? What's my next move? I find a reason to be afraid and not move, even though I'm not where I want to be. You know, they tell you in the military, they tell you in law enforcement, sometimes you just have to make a decision, whether it's the right one or the wrong one, and then you'll navigate that choice, good or bad. I've struggled with that because I worry so much about the consequences. And a lot of the material that I consume deals with how bad things could be and how it reminds me of how unprepared I am. But am I? Am I really that unprepared to navigate? Of course, the worst catastrophe happens. Nobody's prepared for that. I don't care if you're in a bunker stocked with 500 years of food. There's a lot of things that are still going to be difficult to include the psychological trauma of an experience like that. So none of us are really, quote, prepared. But as a teacher, I found myself just the other day talking to a student who was having a hard time. And they were upset about something. I don't remember what it was. And they said, you know, I'm just bad luck. I just make mistakes all the time. I said, you know what? I said, you're supposed to. You're supposed to make mistakes. You're supposed to feel uncomfortable sometimes because that's where the learning happens. That's when you remember something. That's when you learn something is when you make that mistake, when you realize I didn't do this as well as I wanted to, or this didn't want, this didn't go the way I wanted it to go. This is hard. 
that's where the growth happens. And I talked to him about an experience I had when I was in boot camp. Here's a basic training story for those vets. Don't make fun of me. But it was it was one of those moments that was pretty profound for me. It was, it was at the end of our, I can't remember the correct terms now, but it was towards the end of training. And we did our field training exercise called FTX. And we'd been out, uh, you know, three or four days we were outside. And at the end, we did like a 10 or 15 mile road march in South Carolina. So a lot of sand, a lot of hills. We were pretty beat up and pretty tired, but we did it. We got back and we had this uh, formation at the end and the company commander was there and he had this hunk of raw steel and he had a, a large cauldron with fire in it. He's holding that steel in his hand. And he said, eight weeks ago, this was you. Just raw, uh, un, untempered hunk of junk metal. Starts whacking it with his hammer, you know, and talking about, and he puts it in the fire and he talks about the heat and the pressure that came onto us and how difficult things were on us and all the stress that we went through. And he's going through and he's working the steel. And then he pulls out from behind the fire. He didn't build this right here, but he had another prop behind him. And he pulls out a highly polished sword. He said, and this is you now. You are a finely tuned weapon. And that, I remember, I felt so proud and so inspired by that moment in realizing, yeah, life has been really hard for the past eight weeks, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. We got pushed in every possible way. And we were down pretty low, and then we got built up. And in seeing that and understanding that process that we went through, it reminded me that sometimes we need to go through these hard things in order to, to grow and to change and to develop. And I think that's relevant right now to the times that we're in. If we can keep that focus, even though, and I'm 100% guilty, there are times where I fall into the throes of despair. The world is terrible. We're just here to suffer. There's nothing we can do. There's a cabal that exists that's feeding on us and blah, 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 blah. All of that, some of that might be true. It's true. It might be. That doesn't mean we can't extract a benefit and a positive experience and growth from all of that. There is so much that we don't understand about our own existence and our own incarnation. One thing we can say is we're going to go through hard things. That's going to happen. Now, Let's throw some woo-woo and some sci-fi and some crazy talk into this, but maybe it's really not that crazy. I'm starting to wonder, based on some of the projects I've been a part of, based on my imagination, based on some of my psychic and spiritual experiences that I've had, if the technology we're dealing with was seated here. And if you look back at our project that we did with Hellfire, uh, where I was a project manager looking at the Roswell technology. The idea I was trying to explore was, uh, was the technology seated here and is it some kind of a Trojan horse? I invite you to go look at that session and draw your own conclusions. But what I started talking about at the beginning of this program was this new AI software that's that's coming online and how all the major tech companies are worried about it, how it's going to have this major impact on the world, and how you know we're losing various forms of our civilization, our jobs, of our way of life. Yes, we're going through a change. 
in looking at the RV data I shared and some of the other data I've collected that I, that I wasn't able to pull for this discussion, I get the feeling that this technology, this artificial intelligence is reflective of us. And it's a power that we may not be responsible enough to hold yet, but we could be. And if we don't master that responsibility soon, then we might look at something dark. We may allow that dystopian Borg-like civilization to birth in front of us and become slaves to a hive mind. I know that sounds dark and scary. But what if that's not how it has to be? What if we also have the potential through this technology to birth something beautiful? What if this tech really is an upgraded gift from the gods and it's up to us to determine the path forward? And I bring us back to what Tom Campbell was talking about. And he even mentioned using social media to try to get a wave of positivity going. What happens when if AI is reflective of us, what it's seeing is love and positivity? How does it develop then? What types of things start echoing in our news feeds? getting fed back to us and spread out to others. When our focus isn't on what's the next big scary thing and how do I prepare for it, but our focus is on how am I going to create positive experiences in my life right now? I think when we focus on how am I going to change the world, we can't help but to wonder about the scary things we're going to face. I want to simplify that. And my challenge for all of you listening how am I going to make the most of my day? How am I going to make the most of this moment that I'm in? Because sometimes making the most of the day feels too overwhelming. And if something negative happened, which is okay, how am I going to learn and grow from this experience? We shouldn't set out to change the world. We should set out to have the best possible experience that we can have at any given moment in any given day. It's easier said than done. It's something that I have yet to master, but it's something that I feel is, is of the utmost importance for us. I think it's something that if we can have that focus on, I'm going to make the best of a situation, even though I'm going through hard times right now, which we are, which we may continue to go through. If we hold that lens of, but here are my opportunities, then maybe we can enact a change. Maybe we can at least feel better about the dark things that we're thinking and experiencing. Maybe those dark thoughts will go away because we'll start to see the positive experiences that we can have and share in as opposed to how everything can go wrong. Again, I say this as somebody with an anxious mind and, uh, and some trauma in the background where that's where I tend to go. If that's not how your mind works, then uh, I am truly envious. If you haven't seen the movie Sphere, uh, based on the book by Michael Crichton, or read the book, I recommend it. And a uh, slight spoiler alert here, but there's this giant sphere that they encounter that comes from some anomaly out in space. And what they realize is that what they think 
this sphere then manifests and all the people that are involved in this are on a submarine down at the bottom of the ocean. Um, these horrible atrocities start happening and they eventually realize that it's the sphere that is taking their thoughts and their intent and creating these bad things because they're not responsible enough. They're not mature enough to handle such a gift. And I, I'm really starting to think that that's what AI is. It could be a gift, but it could be our demise. But I think we have that power. But that doesn't start with, I'm just going to type things in my phone or type things into Google that are positive and loving. I think where we need to focus is just on ourselves. What can I do that makes me feel good? And then slowly start to expand that. How can I do something kind for my family? Or for my friends, or for my colleagues, or for my community. And if that's where it stops, that's fantastic. If it happens to spread further, even better. We don't need to focus on changing the world. We really just need to change ourselves. And I think the rest will be contagious on ways that we don't even understand yet. So I hope you remember that as we're going through this, uh, as we face the scary stuff. I know it's it's sitting with me quite heavily lately um, in what I'm putting out and how I'm putting it out. Uh, I want to, I like the dark, scary stuff. It's entertaining, it's fun, it's addicting, but I'm really trying to be mindful of how I'm presenting that and how that information is serving me. Or am I serving that information? There's a big difference there. All right, friends, I'm going to leave you with that. I would love to hear your thoughts and your feedback. Uh, again, uh, I have to give the caveat with remote viewing data. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, if it resonates with you, fantastic. It's certainly not gospel. Uh, I'm still new. I'm still a trainee. I got my insecurities coming through, but um, I found the data very insightful for myself. So share your thoughts. I'd love to hear it. Uh, and that's going to do it for this one. I'm going to give a few plugs here. Um, if you want to explore the darkness, followed by that where we can derive our positivity and our hope, I, I highly recommend reading my book, I'm Human Food for the Archons, where the beginning part of that book will terrify you. It is scary stuff. But if you, if you finish reading it, you'll find that the what seems to be our greatest vulnerability and that scary thing is also the source of our greatest power. So I encourage you to check it out. You can find it at sixcentsmedia.net slash books. Also check out my new book. It's a work of fiction called The Hive, exploring what happens when technology uh, maybe gets the better of us, but then again, maybe not. So The Hive, part one, the virus, the infected, and the immune. That's a really quick read. It's doing quite well, uh, and I think you'll enjoy it if you enjoyed this conversation. So check them all out, sixcentsmedia.net. Click on the link for books. And uh, that's going to do it, my friends. So Dennis Nappy the second here with Sixth Sense Media and The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change 
Never stop questioning, keep an open mind, and let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottom. You put in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow, or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Be water, my friend. Water, my friend, my friend, my friend.